Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Not you. You go through this every single time. No, not every time. Like every third time. It's the Afternoon Snack Podcast, episode number 75. And we're calling this one... I don't think we need to name it right now. Fine. We'll name it later. I've got a few ideas. Okay. Let's see how it materializes and then name it. It's like when you get a pet and you're like, we can't name the pet right away. We don't even know the pet. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good point. Ivy didn't have a name for like a week. Yeah. It's because you wanted to call her like Olivia. Well, that was the name. That is her, her God given. It it was, no, it wasn't. I mean, I guess God didn't give it to her. Okay. Her breeder did. Yeah. I thought it was like a cute little name, Olivia. It was not bad. Her sister was named Ophelia. Right. Which I thought was cute. And then her brothers were Ocean and Onyx. That's cute. Yep. Uh, All O's. That's the theme. Sometimes I call her Lillian. And sometimes I call her Llewellyn. Yeah, her name has really evolved (laughs) from, from like your... She has many, many, many different names. Like Lady Lou is short for Llewellyn. Okay. So I like to call her Lady Lou. So then I also like to call her by her full name, which is Llewellyn. But also like Lily, like Lil, Lil Baby Boo is Lily, which is also Lillian in full. So I like to call her Lillian sometimes when she's in trouble. But wasn't she at one point also Snooky? She was. She was Snookers. Snooks. Okay. (laughs) I mean, the names really, they, they're never ending. But Llewellyn is the newest. Yeah. She doesn't like that one as much. No, it's too like, it's too pretentious for her. I call her Biggie. I don't know why. She's like a big little cat. Um, Anyways, it's been a, what, a week since we've done one of these? Um, A lot has happened. A lot has happened, which is why, actually, I think it's been over a week, but. The last two podcasts were pretty big. They were. We got a lot of feedback on those. Yeah positive which is good yeah so really we were just we were waiting around for something big enough to happen to come on here and discuss and it has and we've been discovered we've been yeah we've we're going viral (laughs) (laughs) like actually going viral like i don't know what the actual definition of going viral is but i feel like this is what it is well yeah we so i know we've like we talked about this a couple of episodes ago just about how our like our our main like lead generation and like platform is Instagram and we have switched over to reels just because that's the format that's getting rewarded which has been an experience to say the least and rewarded means like it shows up on most people's feeds it gets into the discovery page like I'm not exactly sure how it works but basically you just get more attention on Instagram when you post a certain way or s- like, yeah. Yeah. It shows up in like the explore page Yeah, for you. Like it's, it's basically like, I mean, I know it's, there's more work than this, but that scene from Toy Story with all of the alien toys and the machine. And then they're like, the claw. Claw is our master. Claw chooses who will go and who will stay. This is ludicrous. Claw, it moves. I have been chosen. Farewell, my friends. I 
going to a better place. Gotcha. And it picks the one alien and it like it like takes it away. That's kind of how I feel like the Instagram algorithm works. Have you ever on a somewhat related topic, have you ever actually won a prize with one of those games? I have, but not uh I think maybe two. Yeah. I didn't think anyone ever did. Well, you know they put them in there in a specific way that makes them basically like impossible to grab. I, I always thought it was impossible because it's like you almost have it and you get so excited and then it pulls up before it, it closes. Yeah, I think the I think the way that I got it I actually one of the like the claw things hooked through like a loop tag. Oh and so it that makes sense. was a total fluke. Yeah. Um but also like you're trying to grab something with like three like it's physics it's like the physics of that yeah don't, like don't really make sense but, but anyway back to instagram yeah so we have been doing reels i mean instagram's kind of similar like we we put out a reel almost every single day or a post every single day and we've been doing that for well almost well over three years now i mean we didn't start posting daily until maybe a couple years ago or a year and a half ago but we put out a lot of posts and like there hasn't been one that's been like chosen. Yeah. Like the, some get more popular than others. You slowly accumulate followers, but like something happened. Yeah. I think the closest we ever came to that was the Jillian Michaels post mm -hmm. from a couple years ago. Um, but I just, I think that videos are, are so much more engaging and obviously like that's kind of what people are on Instagram doing now. And so there was one from, I don't know, 10, 10 days ago, two weeks ago that we did. And it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like overnight, boom, this thing took off. It was like actually like a week later. It was like, why are we, why are we getting so many followers? And, um, then you go back and you kind of see like, there's a lot of engagement on this post from like, you know, a couple days prior, a week prior. And it really took off. And I think this morning, I'll actually check it so I get the numbers right. Um, What's crazy is that post, which is the one that basically it's like things that don't matter. And it we, it was Thursday night and we were like, what should we do for a post tomorrow? And mm -hmm. Meredith was like, well, let's just do something like super basic, like thing, like maybe like a quick one that's like a few things that don't matter. A filler post. Yeah. And it was like, and you know, like Friday's not really a super like engage, like engaging day on social media. So it's like, we don't want to put out like one of our best ones, best ideas. Like, let's just put something quick together. And she was like, I'll just make a post so we won't do a video. And I was like, I don't know, let's just do a video. It'll be really easy. And like, you can kind of do some different scenes. And so we put the script together and I videoed it. And then overnight I was like, well, let's just like bookmark it, like bookend them, the video. So it's like an intro in it. So it was like, morning like awful lighting you're just i'm sitting there i video like hey here's a few things that like don't matter and that post that just was kind of thrown together like willy not willy-nilly none of our posts are willy-nilly but like as just a filler post ended up being extremely popular yeah so as of this morning right now there are uh it's almost 210 million or no, sorry, 2,100,000 views on it. So 2.1 million views. Uh, yeah, so that's... And then I think what happened... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a like social media or inter internet expert, but it's it's what was kind of unusual is that it went that viral and then we got that many followers because it's actually kind of hard to get followers these days. 
even if you you have something that takes off like that a lot of people will engage with it and they'll like it but they won't necessarily follow your page i mean i do that all the time well right? it's def it definitely did happen i mean when there's that many likes it but yeah it's still translated into a fair number of followers yeah because i think when when people go over to our page it's like it's not just that post there's a whole bunch of other posts in fact there's like two years worth of pretty good information nutrition and fitness is a really popular space online and so it just translated into yeah i think as of today we're up over a hundred thousand followers from like a week ago which is insane we haven't slept no <laughs> i like i i i just like it was i mean our business is more than instagram but like our marketing platform is Instagram, which translates to our email list. It's like everything is starts from Instagram. So to get this, like, it's like we just found a pot of gold. Like or we like just have so many more people and like so many messages from people. And like, I think what's great about Instagram is you can help people who aren't even like paying you, who you don't even know. We got a lot of messages that are like, wow, I'm so glad I found this page. Like it's already been so helpful. Yeah. And that means a lot to us as well. So it's like, I think for me, I always knew that our page was really good. And now it's like, finally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or our own horn here, but it's like, we do put a like, very, very like validating and just like, yeah, there's been like, a lot of work that has gone into it. Um, and it feels good to be noticed. Yeah. But it's, um, it reminds me, so uh, I know we've, I think we've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it again. These two, these two research studies, these papers that were published in, in Nature, and what it looked at was it, was they evaluated or they were trying to understand how hot streaks happen. So essentially like from an outsider's perspective, when they look at a, an athlete or I guess specifically the, the studies were done on artists and business people. But from the outside it looking in, you might think like, oh, that person just got really lucky. They got discovered. They got found. Um, and what they they found when they were evaluating all these artists and people is that really there's no such thing as like as getting lucky in that way. People don't really get discovered, like just out of the blue. And what the, the pattern tends to be is like a period of sort of dabbling and uh, exploration followed by like a period of ex exploitation, I think is the language. So essentially, um, and I don't think this, this applies only to like artists or like quote unquote, like elite individuals. Um, I think it applies to anyone who kind of has success in their own way. But as far as what the, the papers were looking at, they were looking at these types of people, but so you have artists, um, for example, who experiment and who create with a lot of different mediums and styles. And so they're, they're kind of exploring, they're figuring out what they're good at. And then it's when they, they sort of like narrow in on one specific medium or type of painting that that's when they get discovered. And the same thing happens with musicians. When you, I guess, are looking at athletes, like the number one predictor of an athlete being a professional athlete as an adult is 
that they played many, many sports when they were kids. So it kind of, it applies in that way to athletes as well. There's a lot of experience and dabbling and experimenting before they figure out, yeah, I want to go play baseball or I want to ski or I want to play football. Like most really, really good high level athletes have, have played a number of sports before they become professional. And I, I feel like, um, and I'm not saying like, this isn't the, like the end for us. It's not like, oh, we've made it. And that's, we're done now. Cause we're definitely not. But I do feel like there has basically been a couple of years of us just kind of like toiling away, experimenting with designs and with, um, formats and delivery methods and voice. And it's kind of like recently we just sort of like narrowed in on this one way of doing things, partially because we had to. And it's just like, here you go. Discovered. That's cool. But I think without all that groundwork, we would never have developed the voice or like ability to do what we're doing. And also we wouldn't have all this content that people can go basically land on our page and they go, holy shit. And then they start scrolling back and it's like immediate follow. And I've been on pages like that. Yeah. Like I've had pages show up in my like for you or suggested and I click on them and I'm like, holy crap, where has this page been my whole life? Follow. And it's like that. And that's how it works. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good week. It's been a really, really cool week to see this all like kind of like paying off. Not that it wasn't before. I mean, we had a decent following and it will be very interesting to see how, so we had like 20,000 at the beginning of the month and those 20,000 were very like, I'm going to use the word curated, but they're, they were very bought in. They've, we have been messaged like it was very slow growth. So any, everyone who was there, they know what we're about. They knew what we were about. They were, they were there because they actually like all the people who didn't follow us or didn't believe us had been, had left. <laughs> um, and you know, there were a couple turning points in our business and I, I think we've maybe spoken about these before in the past, but, um, we kind of had to really fight tooth and nail on Instagram to, to kind of establish ourselves in the, in the, in the space, um, with, you know, nutrition can be very, um, polarizing, I guess to say. And so when you take a stance on something like, for example, carbs don't make you fat. Like, even though like all of our claims are based in, in research and science and well-supported, um, there are still people out there who will disagree with you. And so we did a lot of like uh, internet arguing and early on, early on, like we were debating people like, and you know, we just had to keep proving ourselves and use science and like, and prove that we were a reputable source. And I think that really helped kind of, um, gain the support from our following. Like we say something and people listen, it's going to be really interesting to see how this like huge new group of people, how that ends up work, like how that ends up working out. I think like the fact that we do have so many followers from the last month says like, okay, people are bought in. I don't think a lot of people who, and we'll get into this, didn't, don't believe us or don't agree with us are going to follow us. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the other turning point in our business was when we decided to start posting almost every day. And it was, I think we were posting every few days and 
this was probably a couple of years ago. We finally were like, we got to post every day. And then we were, we found we were struggling with our work-life balance. So we're like, okay, weekends are going to be non-posting days. We're going to try to work a little bit less on the weekends and really focus on those five days when Instagram is a little bit more active anyways, because people are at work. I think that was a big turning point. And then you just start like ideas start going and then our business started growing and we had more clients, which gave us more to work with in terms of creating information. Like a lot of our information is based on, you know, conversations that we're having with clients on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really valuable. So yeah. I think those were big turning points. But it's like, I really like the parallel of, of that and how it sort of fits nicely into what we preach. I think there's a, there's a lot of value in, in practicing what you preach. And obviously like we do that from a nutrition standpoint, but even in other, like there's nothing in life is, is new. Like no concepts are new. Everything's just kind of repurposed from one area to the other. And this is not really any different. So when we tell people, Hey, the key to having what you want is consistently like showing up every day and doing this thing, understanding and being okay with the fact that some days are just, they're going to be better than others. Like some days it's going to hit, it's going to be like, yes, this is great. And then other days it's going to be a bit more of a struggle. And to see that the way that that plays out in different areas. So for us in marketing and business development and in growth, it's the exact same thing. So when we are telling clients like, Hey, all you got to do is show up. Like that's the prerequisite for having what you want. Like you don't have to show up and be perfect. You just have to show up. And we have basically been doing that exact same thing in a different space in marketing and in social media. And even though like we have kind of been toiling away with like very slow growth and we're okay with that. Yeah. It's like, it's nice to see, you know, results and it's encouraging Mm -hmm. to keep going. Yeah, for sure. But um, I love that. I love that parallel because I think it's it's really important. And I think a lot of and that's not to say like you can't run a successful business and not be on social media. But I think if you're relying on it for lead generation and like fundamentally, it allows us to reach and actually like have an impact on a large audience of people. And that's that's the most important thing. I think early on it was a, a about establishing our name and our brand and just getting out there. And that's kind of why we had to take such an aggressive stance at the beginning. But yeah, after we spent that first year kind of having internet arguments and got a lot of buy-in from our followers, we were able to change our tone and our voice and our messaging and just start building a lot of like trust and having impact. And like the exciting thing about this is, is not that it's going to directly translate into like business growth or income, but that like, we get to impact so many more people potentially in a positive way. And that's like so exciting. Mm -hmm. But as far as the people who are not stoked to to see us, (laughs) (laughs) I had to put my helmet on again. Yeah. So the internet, (laughs) as we know, pretty gnarly place. Um, And what we found out is while it might sound very exciting to go viral and it definitely was, there are some really, really nasty and unkind people who come out and basically I have been on a comment deleting spree since I had to stop looking cause the, the video is of me mm-hmm. and 
I, I look the way that I look. I don't actually like, I get my haircut and that's kind of it. I don't wear makeup. I just like, I'm too busy for that. Like I just don't. And so when we do these videos, I'm just, I'm not like done up. Like I said, like one of them was like straight in the morning. Like it's just, and not that I wish I had done anything different with the way that I look. Cause I look the way that I look, but like, I, I don't I, like, it's not, I don't, <laughs> it's really just confusing as to why somebody and would come onto the page, come onto the video, they see it. It's like, and they, oh, there's like, there's so many things. There's like, number one, like, why does it matter if I'm a girl or a boy? Mm -hmm. But also I'm wearing a sports bra in one of the videos. In like earrings. In earrings. Like, and then it's like, oh, well, I think for, for a while there, I think, cause I, I'm not necessarily competing in CrossFit or doing CrossFit as much at, a, at least at a, a public gym. I'm in my basement. I don't have that many photos of myself like competing anymore. I don't really post photos of myself competing anymore. I don't have very many photos of myself not wearing a shirt. Back when I used to post shirtless photos, like from workouts or whatever, or bathing suit photos even, I would get uh, a lot of comments on like, I look like a man. I, I'm taking um, PEDs. Like, how, you know, that's gross. Like all of these things that I'm sure like, you know, a lot of CrossFit athletes or bodybuilders get, especially women. So I think I kind of like lost touch with what that felt like. And this video, part of it was I was on the bike talking about intermittent fasting. So I was like doing a workout and I was like, okay, we'll just do the bike. And I didn't have my shirt on. And I'm, I look like a very, like I'm very fit muscular. And I guess in the, the community that I'm in, everyone's either seen that or is aware of it. And it's fine. Like the CrossFit community or the, my following knows about me, knows my fitness routine, like whatever. When you get into like the real world, which is where this Instagram post ended up, it's like they've never seen a girl who's muscular before. And may or maybe they have and they just need to be rude. But like the number of comments about taking like testosterone or PEDs or looking like a man, like even things like this dude knows what he what he's talking about. Like and I'm like, what the hell? Like also why do we need to gender people? Yeah. What if I'm non-binary? Like, why do you have, why do you, why do you, this random person out living in, I don't know, probably Texas. Let's go Iowa. Why do you, why do you have to know if I'm a girl or a boy? Also, it, why? Like, are, <laughs> I just, to me, it makes no sense. Like, like does that change? Just be like, I'm hmm, I wonder if that's a girl or a boy and then move on. Why do you have to comment? Why do you have to make comments like, ew, gross, not for me? Yeah. Or well, like... no one making... Everybody making comments knows. They're just trying to be a dick. I know. That's the thing is like, I'm wearing a sports bra. Like, I don't know. Do men wear sports bras? And like, I don't know. I don't know how the trans community like necessary... Or a, a trans person, I sh should say, works. But I think that if you're transitioning from... And I did get called this. And I'm not even... I'm not even taking offense to that. Because like, I don't think transitioning is a... It should be like offensive mm -hmm. I, I don't like I don't think being called a girl when you're a boy is offensive it's just it is and some people haven't like been exposed to the fact that we're trying to move towards a 
place where it doesn't matter as much. Um, but like, I don't think a, a woman transitioning to male would have a sports bra on. Wouldn't they just wear a t-shirt? Like a sports bra to me indicates like I have breasts that I'm, I'm concerned with covering up. I don't know that 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 would be my take I I should say like if I decided I wanted to be a male I probably wouldn't wear a sports bra just a sports bra it's like oh that's what females wear because they have breasts and they're covering them up like gender identity I would like to yeah probably be wearing a t-shirt yeah even if you want to be wearing it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter (laughs) it's just like these more like yeah it does hurt my feelings a little bit to be called and we'll get into this like to be be told like, oh, you're on testosterone or gross or whatever. Like I personally like the way that I look. I like my body. I don't do things to make my body look a certain way. I do things because I love being fit and active and eating healthy and treating my body right. And it just so happens that I have genetics that I have and I look a certain way. I also like that I have short hair. I think it suits me and I also don't wear makeup. I don't have a problem with that. But at the same time, like it is hard to take like comment after comment after comment of like, ew, gross. Or like, is that a boy or a girl? And not so much because I'm like bothered by the fact that people are mistaking me for a boy. But it's like, I am so confused as to why people feel the need to be dicks. Just move on. Because people are. This isn't about defending Chase Ingram or like being on side with Savon like last in our last podcast. This is just somebody being miserable behind their computer screen, typing a note and moving on with their day. But there's so many of them. It's because they hate their lives so much. Like the way that you have to realize the way that they spend their time is by scrolling through Instagram and finding things and people to make comments. It's like, there were a lot of comments on me being like, well, we know who the man in the relationship is or like, wow, definitely, definitely a a lesbian. Like don't need to guess what, you know, who she has sex with. Like definitely a carpet muncher, which I'm like, do we still use that term? Yeah. Those people do. I'm like, what does it matter if I'm gay? This video has nothing to do with my sexuality. People are so sad. Yeah. Some people are so effing sad it's so pathetic and it's 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 confusing living in a world with them it's difficult yeah and i you know i want to say like you know i I walk around and i i don't get comments like that in the real world i get called a boy if i'm wearing a mask and a hat sometimes and it's like whatever you know moving on with my life doesn't matter but i i have had friends who are like who have had who have short hair and are female um being told like being being called out like in a rude way like i i was on social media this week yeah in real life so like you know meredith will say well you know those you know think about it you think those people are going to call you out in real life i'm like "Mm, probably some of them yeah for sure which also is sad but anyway and 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 the worst part is is like again you look and you see that if that person who that person is and to block them because of course we're trying to block those people because even though I don't think it matters because they're just there for a second to make a rude comment and move on but you you see and it's like they're not even following you they're just there to be a dick yeah I mean I don't think a single comment that I deleted or a person that I blocked was like when I clicked on their profile it said follow back like they're not following no but you still want to block them because I think a lot of people who do that they come back to makes check you feel makes you feel better reaction but 
also like i don't know i don't know yeah i think it's what's the sad part is is it 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 just makes you and you had a few moments over the past week um it does like it makes you stop and think and you're about something that you're not particularly conscious of you know anyways and i think we work so hard and i don't mean you and me i mean we as like human beings work so hard to love our bodies for what they can do and to not have that be the thing that we focus on i know i do and it sucks when you have somebody who you know there was one comment about well you both have very very masculine physiques like large shoulders small hips like you must be taking male replacement hormones and it's like do you have any idea how genetics work but it's also i've i've been i was thinking about this in the shower yesterday i have been training weights since i was 15 yeah i did power cleans and stuff when i was 15 years old for ski racing we and you were skiing long before that like i've been i have i basically has have had the like a six-pack since i was like 10 yeah also partially just because like of my genetics yeah like and then on top of that training and then the last 10 years basically training twice a day every day yeah crossfit like what do you think a person's gonna look like you know anyways but they don't know this they have no idea i didn't even think twice about having my shirt off in that video i I was just like this is my body i don't even really think about it anymore I think about it when I go in public. I'm like, if I'm wearing a bathing suit on the beach, I'm like, I know people are looking at my body. Like when we, when we used to go to Maui, I'm like quite aware of this fact. And partially because when I see a a woman or a man who's very fit looking, I see that and it's noticeable. And so like I, you, 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 you notice the attention and because it is a little bit, and I'm using extreme, but not in a negative way. Um, some people it's not for them and so it's like or they've never seen it Mm -hmm. and they'll make comments or something and so when i'm in those places or like sometimes when i go out i don't wear a sleeveless shirt for that reason yeah like or maybe i'm not going to go walk across the pool because i am self-conscious of just being out and everyone's like seeing my looking at my body is i have some like comments like whoa how much do you bench or like you know kind of like dudes love to flex at you when you walk by yeah and it's like can you stop? Like we went to, oh, we went to Vegas a few years ago. That was, Vegas was bad for this. I, it was like, literally we couldn't leave our hotel room without getting like five comments. And it was the women, women comment. And I'm going to say there were, there were women on this post who were making rude comments as well, but women tend to be a little bit more like kind about it. They're like, wow, great body or something. You guys must work really hard. Yeah. Um, whereas men, it's like, a condescending or something i don't know i know i'm like stereotyping here but that's been my experience our experience like vegas was kind of the first th- time when we kind of like left the crossfit community together <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's because there was two there were two of us or what but it was like you couldn't walk down the street without a comment like we were a sideshow yeah it that like, was so, <laughs> I, I haven't thought about that in a long time but <laughs> wow and like it, it like a lot of times coming from people who you look at and you're like really like you are gonna make that comment like to me? how about don't touch my arm wow nice arms wow what what do you want should i go up to you and be like wow your arms are really jiggly <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> say anything about people's bodies and it wasn't like nice arms you must work so hard that's not the implication yeah Ugh, that was bad but anyways it's a kind of similar experience online this week for me yeah but definitely and- mostly men 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I guess we can transition. We wanted to talk a little bit about like body image. Well, yeah, I guess before we get into body image to kind of bridge that conversation, we got a few and like that I experienced this and we've had comments um, made and it's just kind of the perception there as like a, a fitness and a nutrition expert online. Um, a lot of times and like there was a comment this morning about like, um, I can't remember the words. It was people with genetic or good genetics just don't know what they're talking about. Something like that. But anyways, there's kind of this implication sometimes thrown around that we don't know what we're talking about and we're just, we, we get to take up this space because of the way we look. And I think that there are a lot of people in the fitness bodybuilding, personal trainer space online. And that's exactly what they do. Like they, have amazing bodies, good physiques, and they dish out really terrible nutrition and fitness advice or they sell programs and, um, they're very predatory. And I think that those people are definitely out there, but I think for us, it's kind of this catch 22 being a, like an expert and actually knowing what we're talking about, but also like being pretty fit looking, I think to a lot of people being fit, looking is like, um, like an anti-credential. It detracts from people's willingness to believe what you have to say or believe that you're actually an expert. I don't think that's the majority, but it's definitely a thing. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I'm not saying that it is a majority, but it's, or even being good, good at CrossFit is an anti-credential for what we're doing. Yeah. Cause a lot of people will write it off like, Oh, either you have, you have good genetics or you're just gifted. So you don't know what it's like to actually have to work for this stuff. Yeah. Or you have a following because you're CrossFit Games athletes. People used to do that with yeah. tactic a lot. Yep. Like, oh, the only reason their company is big or they have a lot of following is because they're CrossFit Games athletes. Well, like, what about now? Do we get to stop throwing that around? That's not the case. I mean, look at our, our, and one reason why we kept our personal brand separate from tactic was for that. We wanted tactic to be uh, its own like standing. I mean, yes, we are the faces of tactic, but it's, it's completely different. Like there's nothing on tactic really about us. Yeah. And yeah, but that was always a big one. It was like, Oh yeah, they're CrossFit games athletes. I think we're sponsoring an event this summer as a company. And, um, the guy wanted to promote, promote the partnership and say, you know, tactic nutrition owned by CrossFit games, athletes, Alex Parker and Meredith root. And instantly I was like, no, yeah, I made at, him change that at that like, point. Like we aren't associating cro- our CrossFit games experiences or, um, credentials with this, this company. And we never have. Yeah. Like you don't get to use that. And it is an anti-credential cause it's like, <laughs> Oh, the only reason they're here, they have this company is because they exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's never been the case. We don't want, we definitely don't want that like tied to it anymore. You can't win in this space though. Like we, we can sit here and, and say, oh, us being fit is an anti-credential. Us looking a certain way um, causes people to say, oh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. They just look a certain way. But on the flip side, I've heard nutrition coaches and personal trainers say the opposite. It's like, oh, I can't, I am super self-conscious about the fact that I don't look like a bodybuilder or I don't have mm-hmm. abs or I'm not super lean. Um, who am I to say that, you know, you need to change your nutrition when like I look the way that I look, I just look like a normal person or I have a few pounds to lose. I hear that all the time. I hear that from clients who are in the industry. I've heard that from other nutrition coaches. Um, 
And so it's, I, I mean, catch 22. It, you just can't, you cannot win. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And I think all you can do is really just keep putting out information and try to gain people's trust with, and, and, and see you as a, an authority figure in the space by what you have to say. I think that's the best and using, and using like science-based stuff. Um, things that people can't really poke holes in. They can try, they can call you out, but it's like, okay, well, what would you have that's supporting your argument here? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we, we did it. But I, it's funny because I don't, uh, maybe I haven't th- given enough thought about this, but I always like to use the dentist analogy and no one goes, no one talks about the dentist's teeth. Oh, you don't have bad teeth, so you don't know what you're talking about. You've never had to go from having bad teeth to good teeth. Yeah. What? But I'm an educated dentist. I know how to fix somebody with bad teeth. I know what you need to do. Um. Also, the fact that I have really good teeth doesn't mean that I can't, like, relate to what you're going through yeah. or help you. I don't know. I think it's also like just because you don't have the most beautiful teeth and you just have normal looking teeth doesn't mean that you can't be a dentist. It's just like no one talks about dentist teeth. Maybe they do. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that they do. I don't, I don't pick my dentist based on their teeth. Yeah. I pick my dentist based on who has had a good experience with that dentist and their like clients. Yeah. Although I haven't had to pick a dentist. I've been going to the same dentist since I was a kid. Yeah. But I mean, I don't even know what his teeth look like. I can't even remember because it's not important. And he's wearing a mask. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why they wear a mask though. I do think that it's, it's tricky. Like I said, there's so many people out there and I do believe when you're talking about like weight loss specifically, um, I understand the, the, the knee jerk reaction to say, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you never had to go through it. And there was something I think on TikTok a couple weeks ago where, you know, someone basically said, like, fit people shouldn't coach people for weight loss because they don't get it. Um, and I, I think there are a lot of people who probably don't, and they don't bother to learn. But I think as, you know, as someone who's who's in this space as a, a coach, and this should be every coach who's in this space who's helping people um, with their their health, specifically re- with regards to weight, is I think you, you need to spend so much time, at, like, researching and understanding how complicated that is like what what contributes to it um why it's so difficult to address like why you can't just say well just do this and expect people to get results it's not it's not that easy i i maybe for some people it is that easy but for a lot of people it's it just it's way deeper than like yeah just eat less move around a little more like that's not it but i i do think that you have a lot of of trainers and people online who it's like, it's kind of like that swimmer's body fallacy. Like you don't get a swimmer's body by swimming swimmers swim because they have that body. It's like the same thing. And I think the online PT space or online trainer space, like they, like people, these guys and girls who are kind of intolerable, really, they can eat chicken and broccoli every day. And yeah, they're super ripped. Think that that's some sort of credential. Like that gives them the right to give advice when it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that someone who looks like them can't give advice. It just means that like you should take the time to, to try to figure out more about that person and where they are coming from. If they understand the, the nuance and the complexity around health and weight and then make assessments of how much they know. Yeah. 
I mean, I've struggled with people. I've known and talked to some people who are their only credential is the fact that they themselves have lost weight. And I've talked to them and I'm like, holy moly, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like every case is different. So when your only knowledge base is your experience, that is not a good thing. No. That is really... So, I mean, I think if you're working with the general population, you're even if you're working only with weight loss people, the num- the different... Like, yes, the all the same basics apply, but everyone is a little bit different. And so if, you, if you're not actually educated and you haven't worked with a different group of people, like a bunch of different people and you don't have a lot of like reading and, and, and knowledge courses and certifications under your belt, um, you can start to do some people a little bit of a disservice. So it's like, I don't know, like you said, a catch 22. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that stops someone who lost 80 pounds on the ketogenic diet to go, you know what? I'm a health coach now. Yeah. And and I've seen that. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, it just, it means that when, and it, I guess this is kind of the sad part about the internet is people do take it at face value and they don't, they don't bother to <laughs> research or, or understand. They just say, Oh, this person got what I want. I'm going to listen to them. Yeah. I'm like, that's not necessarily a very good idea. I mean, the snake diet still exists. So yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I guess onto the body image front, we, like to, to, to bridge to that, um, you know, a lot of people do kind of think that we've never struggled or people like us don't struggle with, um, body image. And I think this week specifically for you probably brought a lot of that back up. Um, but we were like, we've been talking this whole week about like the way that we used to talk to ourselves as kids, as teenagers. Like I know, like you said this and it was, it, it kind of struck me. And I think like with your, your girlfriends or with your friends, how, how often did you get the question? Like, Oh, if you could change one thing about your body, what would it be? And then you're like, Oh, I would definitely like, (laughs) you know, this lower belly pooch. I wish I could, I would probably just get rid of that, you know, or like, I I wish my like legs were a little more toned. Remember when the thigh gap was a big thing? Yes. Like that was some sort of psychotic beauty standard. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're just like conditioned to we grow up doing it. Well, yeah. And all we see. I mean, more so now, like there there's different body types on TV and stuff, not quite as as many as in the to actually represent what you see in the real world. But there's definitely constant messaging about what the ideal body is. Um. We recently watched a documentary on Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, that was so good. And that was a big one. I think if you're our age, so probably you'd be in uh, high school when Abercrombie and Fitch got really big. Yeah, I would say like 30s, like early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Um, So when we were in high school, Abercrombie was really big. I I don't remember all of this happening because we didn't really have Abercrombie in, in Canada. Like it wasn't a big thing. And so you'd have to go to the U.S. and get it. And I remember like we used to have friends who would play golf in the U.S. and they would bring us back T-shirts like it was a thing. But uh, a lot of the marketing was very much like we want basically like surfer dudes, um, these really tall, skinny, blonde girls like it was they were very much focused on what their models looked like um, and what that and that was their image. And I think even just that contributes to like what do you want to look like? 
Well, the whole, and like their marketing, like, I mean, you used to walk by an Abercrombie store and all you could see, you'd look in and you would just see like a half naked dude. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, that was their, their brand image. And that they were pushing that on kids, on high school kids. And I remember we had a lot of friends and like my sister worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. And it was like, if you got selected to work at Abercrombie, you had like made it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because they they only and like they later were they had several lawsuits over this, but they discriminated. They would only hire like attractive people and white people and white people. Yeah. Um, But I think that that and that's just like that's one example. One one of (laughs) many, 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 many every single day, even to still today. I maybe just don't see it as much and partially because I'm just I'm not immune to it, but I, I have a little bit more of a critical eye. But even I still look at magazines in in the lineups in grocery stores and I'm like, seriously? Yeah. With the you mean with the um the headlines and stuff? Headlines or just like even just like I don't know, like cosmopolitan, like it's always that same person. Some you know? Like nondescript brunette. Yeah. Or like <laughs> even like the the like famous like actors are always they always kind of look a certain way, you yeah. know? And that's I think not always, but I think the majority of it. I, and so we're just, we're, we're fighting uh, a losing battle here. I don't necessarily think it's losing, but it's a, a very difficult battle. Yeah. But I think to like, to bring it back on topic, I think that everybody has body image issues. Yeah. Almost. That's my theory. And it, when you, what the crazy thing is like, I would say like my, my work against mine is not particularly active. Like I don't have to fight it a lot. Um, it's, I'm not having to give myself like positive affirmations every single day, although those do work and you should do them. But it is, I would say like mine are, are just below the surface because all it takes is one comment to bring them right back up to like front of mind. Like, like I remember I posted a photo of you a while back. It was a photo of us. Um, and I didn't even think twice about it. And you, you became like really like emotional that day. And I was like, what's wrong? And finally I've like pulled it out of you and you're like, I just, that picture that you posted, like it really, I just, I, I don't like that photo. I wish you would have asked, mm. but I'm also like embarrassed to say, yeah, to say, don't post that photo. Cause like, I want to be better than that. But also like, it really impacts me when I, I see myself in that way. And I, I don't want that being put out on social media. And like, also, you know, the way that you look in that photo is really good. Like, I don't know. It, I can't remember the exact details. Yeah. But I think there is always going to be a little bit of a struggle. I think more like less now without being in the CrossFit space as much. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, when we transitioned away from CrossFit, at least uh, definitely on social media, I don't know what it is. It's just there's so much focus on the way that you look like as a female in that sport. I'm sure that I don't want to say like you know, it only happens to the, um, to the women. Cause I'm sure it happens to the men to some extent too. Not only do you have to like be really effing good at CrossFit, but you have to look really good while you do it. And like the, the people who have gotten really big in the sport are the ones who do a good job with that. Um, and there's, there's just this like, yes, there's this sport and you like, you want to perform well and that's the priority, but the second priority and it's not that far behind is like how you look like, are you wearing booty shorts? Like 
you need to be posting with like videos and workouts with your shirt off. Like, like that's, yeah. Like I, what if you don't want to work? I don't like working out with my shirt off. You CrossFit get games athletes have really bad body image issues. Yep. I remember I was at the CrossFit games in 2015 and I specifically remember this. I was in the like athlete area, like the lounge area waiting for like one of the events to come. And I was super lean back then, like really lean, um, unhealthily lean. And, uh, I remember like a a couple of the girls were like, I specifically remember one person was like, Oh my God, I wish I had abs like you. You're so lean. You have the best abs. I just wish I had that. Like I don't have a nice stomach. We're at the CrossFit games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Also like part of me, there were moments where when I would take my shirt off when I was that lean and even still today, cause I am a little bit leaner now too. I am self-conscious of that, of being that lean. Yeah. And the, like what people will, will say or how they will react. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's the first thing that people want to comment on. Yep. It's like, just don't comment on my body. Just don't. I remember there was a, a guy at my gym back in Edmonton. So this was probably around 2015 or 16. And he was like, oh, your legs are looking a lot bigger lately. And that was like, from his mind, a compliment because I was focusing on getting stronger. That was always my biggest weakness was strength. Um, and he meant that in just the nicest way. And for me, like that, and I hate, I hate even just admitting this, but like that stuck with me. Yeah. I kind of became self-conscious of my legs looking big. It's just, and I would consider myself pretty resilient from like a, uh, you know, being secure in my body. Yeah. Like there, yeah, I've had a lot of clients say, um, you know, like I just, you just don't, you don't understand it. And I'm like, I, I don't understand it to the, to the degree that you are experiencing it, but I think I, I can relate and be empathetic to, to some degree at least. Yeah. Um, and I've had comment comments saying like, well, do you struggle with anything? It's like, of course I do. I think every single person does. Yeah. Even men like, and I say even men, I mean, men for sure. 100%. They're 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 like what they're up against from like an ideal body I mean, is like Channing Tatum exists. I know, like Zach Efron. Like Magic Mike was a movie. Like yeah, you can't, like men have it. They're just like the the difference with men is they're more stoic about it. Like, like think about like the dad bod. Like that is to me that is a way of just making fun of yourself before somebody else says like, yeah. oh you're kind of fat now. Oh you're getting a little soft. I know. Like the dad bod, like why is that even a term? Why do you have to have a bod, a certain, like d- don't, dis- you know? Like you're a dad who has a body. And it's also okay to be like from a, I think this is it. There's a double-edged sword here. It's like as a male, even an elite male, I've heard of CrossFit athletes who are her dad saying like, oh, I have a, I have a dad bod. And it's just kind of like the cool thing to say. Yeah. But I'm like, why is it okay for you to say that? Like a woman wouldn't be like, I have a mom bod. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I haven't really thought too much about that, but it's kind of an interesting, well, an interesting, I think moms, they say like, Oh, I have mom strength. And that's like that version, which is very positive, And I love that. Yeah. That's different. I you think. don't hear women say like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm kind of like soft and flabby. Now. I have a mom bod now. Yeah. I don't say that. You're awesome. You are a mom. Which yeah. Is already there's awesome. some different like standards in terms of how 
what's acceptable i think in descri- describing yeah it's semantics yeah but i think it's it it brings up a good like your story about uh the leg comment i think there's uh it it brings up a good point about how to talk about people's bodies if you must i think that there's a a place for like complimenting progress if someone especially if someone's intentionally trying to make it um but i i don't think and i i struggle with this too because we work with people who are trying to make progress and so it's taken me a long time to figure out what the right response is when someone sends you a progress photo and they're dramatically different i think as a coach you need to be really careful with what like with what you say and saying things like, Oh, I'm really proud of you. Not a good thing to say. Um, you know, commenting like, yeah, you're this and this and this looks smaller, not a good thing to say. And I get like, we, I have, I have clients, I have people I work with and they'll, you know, maybe they work with a personal trainer or something and you know, they will say to me, well, my personal trainer said my, you know, my, my thighs are looking leaner or my delts are looking more, you know, whatever defined. And I'm like, stop. Like, I just want to like message this personal trainer and be like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Like focus on surely, surely they are doing something in the gym that are resulting, that's resulting in that change. So you say like, Hey, you're like, your squat numbers are looking great. Your strength is progressing really well. Like, are you tracking this? Because you're making like really, really great gains in strength and in fitness. And I think that like, uh, that puts the focus on the right thing because you know, what happens if, and this is such a small thing, but this is how people's brains work. Like what happens if that trainer says that? And then like, they just, for whatever reason, forget to say something about it for the next three or four weeks. What kind of impact is that going to have on that person who's there? They've received that type of praise before. And then all of a sudden they stop receiving it. And it doesn't mean that they've stopped making progress. It's just that the trainer is distracted with other people or just doesn't think to say anything. And it's, it's like, whereas if you, if you reward, if you say, Hey, you're improving in your fitness and in your strength, that is something that if, you know, if the person doesn't hear that for a couple of weeks, they can objectively look back at their strength numbers and their performance and they can go, Oh yeah. I mean, I am still making progress. Mm -hmm. And that's like, then they can sort of self like self soothe, self regulate as far as like, understanding their progress but when we we rely on feedback from other people exclusively to understand if we're making it or not that's problematic and um it's not to say all trainers do that i'm sure that they don't i hope i i really never make comments on people's bodies when they send me pictures and then i think the the larger discussion is as a population of people friends families if someone in your circle and in your your universe is making physical progress like think really hard about the things that you say to that person yeah it's definitely tricky as a nutrition coach where we do ask for progress photos i will say most people end up not like they will take them at the beginning um and it is helpful as a coach to see the the way that someone's body composition is because it, it can impact the wit the direction you take with nutrition um and then also like starting out, it's good to see the physical progress because you want to make sure that like things are looking good from like, even just a health standpoint. Yeah. And body composition um, and the way that somebody looks is important to them. So taking progress photos is a much better 
point of measurement than just the scale. So they they have their their place. Most of my clients over, you know, the, the first few months, six months, I don't have very many people who are in with me for a year or more still taking progress photos. It's just no. not important. It's like, are you healthy? Do you feel good? Like, they just don't really do photos anymore. I don't request them. I think at the beginning, they can they have their place. I do find it to be hard when somebody says, well, what do you think? Or they just send me their progress photo. I will usually say, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and then if they say, well, where, what do you see? Then maybe from like a very objective, like the, nu- the nutrition program like is, is doing this right now. Do, do we want to move in a di- different direction? It's very much client directed. Yeah. I really try not to say, you know, if someone says I've gained weight, I will say, look, the lighting is different. Um, or something like that that's obvious. But I really try to refrain from making actual comments on how their body is changing and if it's good or bad. Yep. If someone says, like, I'm really happy with the way that my body's changing or people are saying that I'm looking leaner and that, that makes me really happy, I'll say, I'm glad that um, that you feel that way, if that's important to you. Knowing that that person isn't only obsessed with their body. It's yep. kind of like a, an added benefit, a, a side result where the I feel the focus is still on looking good or sorry feeling good and fueling your body appropriately yeah so it's a little bit of a careful balance and I will say that's something that I have learned over the years of coaching mm-hmm. at first I don't I I don't think I would ever make a comment on someone's body but I don't think I was as careful yeah that's a good that's a good way to put that I find the shift if like just to get someone to focus on um to take their focus off physical change and put it on um, like performance goals or process goals is really, really hard at first, Mm -hmm. but um, it's possible. And that's sort of when um, you can get people to, I mean, it's, it's, it's always like, I find it really rewarding when someone, they sort of detach from their initial goal, like whatever that is. And then they end up just achieving it kind of in passing. And that's sort of the the beauty in detaching from from the physical aspects of what a person's doing because it's like, you know, what I want you to do is get really like focused in and like not obsessed in like a, a bad way, but like let's focus on the the process here and let's focus on implementing some like habits and behaviors that are going to work in your life. And when that when that becomes a focus, like they, people just start feeling better generally. And I think they like that. Um, and then, you know, essentially where that, that initial goal may have, uh, may have initial, like at the beginning been an, been an end point for them. Um, it's not, it's a it's checkpoint. It's like the beginning. Yeah. It's like, instead of, uh, when someone shifts towards a process focus, instead of reaching that goal and saying, okay, I've reached that goal. I'm done they just sort of like wave at it as they go by and carry on. They remove the ceiling on what it was like, what the, the potential end goal could even be. There isn't an end goal. Like the end goal is just like, this is now the way that I live my life. And the things that I achieve will be the things that I achieve as a byproduct for the way that I live my life. And they kind of, you, you adopt a more like curious and open mindset generally, instead of being very fixated on accomplishing this and then accomplishing that. And yeah. that's, that's not to say that like 
you can't have goals and you shouldn't like chip away at them or have things that you're striving towards, but the way that you strive towards that is just very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to go, just to go back for a second, I had some thoughts on like the, the comments on people's bodies. Like I just, I don't think you can, it's fair to say that, you know, somebody looks a certain, because they, they have what you consider an ideal body that they don't struggle. You know, I know people who are super self-conscious about how skinny they are Mm -hmm. um, or how lean they are or whatever. And, um, you know, part of it is that they're getting comments. I mean, they're getting comments like, oh, you're so skinny. You're so lucky. There's also the flip side where somebody has maybe lost weight and they get start getting comments about like, oh my goodness, you look so skinny. Or like this, this happened to me for, to bring my personal experience back into it. When I started CrossFit, I started getting so many comments on my body because it was like, I started getting a little bit leaner and a lot more muscular, especially in my upper body. And that mm-hmm. was very noticeable. Um, and, and that it almost adds pressure. It's like, and I've, I've sensed this with people who've lost weight. It's like, oh, you look so good. It's like, well, did I look like crap before? I mean, I guess so. Like now I have this immense amount of pressure on myself to continue this, this yeah. and thing to, to like maintain to, to, to maintain, maintain. And then when you, if something were to happen and you don't and you revert back and gain a few pounds, like that is t- horrible for people. Yeah. Because they have the impression and they get the impression from people in their lives that they're a more valuable version of themselves when they're smaller. Yeah. When that's not true. Yeah. And I don't think anyone who says things like that actually believes that, but yeah. that's the kind of the implication and the impact can be quite significant because if that happens a few times, um, which is not normal, like, or sorry, it is normal for people to, to have multiple, um, like dieting and weight loss attempts in their lives. But like, let's just, let's just imagine that that happens a few times. Person loses weight. Oh my gosh, you look so great. And then they gain it back nothing is said they lose it again oh my gosh you look so great gain it back every time that happens like it's there's like that there's that embarrassment factor because of the way that other people make them feel but eventually like you like the aversion to that feeling becomes so strong that it's like i'm just i'm not gonna try to do that again or they do try i mean we have people who are like this is my last ditch effort and they come and then they run into an issue where this is actually very common. They'll say, I'm, I'm going out for drinks with my friends. I don't know what to do about it because like I struggle to manage intake when I'm around these people. And you want to say, well, well, let's talk like why, you know, can you tell them that you have goals and, you know, you're focusing on your health and your wellness and like you don't want to drink tonight. And to them, that is embarrassing because they don't want to admit that they're going to, they're on another diet and that when they fail, it will be embarrassing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I can see that. I can, I can, I haven't been in that situation, but I can imagine that being difficult. And it's, it's like this fear of failure. It's like, you don't want to actually commit to this again. You failed. So it's kind of what we've talked about in the past, like that feeling of like negative progress. Yeah. It's almost like you're impeding yourself from success because you've had so much failure in the past Yeah, that you're almost just setting yourself up for failure again. It's very like negative. Um, and it's, it's sad. And so you, you have to do your best to try to, con- you know, empower people and say, well, this, is this different? Like, you know, why, why, like go to your values, go to your, why are you doing this? And it can be really tricky and it's very complicated. Very. And I feel like we're just scratching the surface on this topic, but I think it was important to point out. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I had someone say once, this was in, we were in Hawaii and I was, uh, again, like very lean at the time. And somebody we were with, we had met up with family friends who were there and the dad, he wasn't a great friend. He was somebody like we, we used to ski race with and the dad, they were, or it was a soccer dad or something and they were going to get frozen yogurt. And they were like, well, why don't you come? And I was like, okay, I'll come. And, and he kind of like looked me up and down and was like, I mean, he's like, you could definitely use, use some. Huh. And like, I don't know if he even knew, but like that's now what, like seven, seven years later. Yeah. And I, I still it. am embarrassed sometimes thinking like I look really lean, you know, like people are going to comment that I'm not eating enough. Like when, in fact, I'm just naturally a little bit leaner right now. Yeah, exactly. And also you eat a ton. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tricky, but to clear the air. And if any of those people are, are listening, I don't take any PEDs, never have. In fact, I sometimes don't even remember to take my fish oil. And creatine. I don't, I don't yeah, <laughs> I'm bad with that. Not to mention your squat is just absolutely. Exactly. Right <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you just, you d- don't see my performance. Yeah. You don't see my strength numbers going oh. down. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, just generally, I think it's such a complicated topic. And sometimes I wish, you know, I, I love fitness and I love nutrition and I look, I, I, lo- I love that we're in this space because I realize we can have such a major um, impact on people. But I look at, I'm sometimes envious of people that just work, like just, just run fitness pages and just do workouts because I'm like, man, that's so much easier than nutrition is so hard. Yeah. You know? Cause that nutrition is what actually matters. And it's also, it's the, it's the one that has comes with all the emotional baggage. Yeah. At the same time though, I feel like there are more injuries when you train people. That's true. And I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. That's a really good point. I'm always like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I've, I've programmed for the like given workouts to people. And, um, it's fun to, to help people with both areas like nutrition and fitness. Yeah. But it's difficult when you don't, especially learning, I imagine, to make sure that you're giving the person the right thing. Yeah. But anyways, that's that's a unrelated. Certainly. I also like nutrition because it is complicated and you really, really get to know people because you have to. Yeah. I know. And that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, how do you want to wrap this one up? Um. I don't know. I have some gift gift wrap downstairs. I don't have any bows though. I have bubble wrap. Bubble wrap could be good. But I don't have scotch tape, so I have to use like packing tape. What if we just put it in a bag? Oh yeah, we do have and some tissue paper. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the person we give it to will keep the bag. And then use it again to prevent waste. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. All right. (laughs) Horrible. Absolutely. Thanks for playing along. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, thanks for listening. I'll also, I, I have to say, you know, I think a lot of these people listening right now, um, the couple million, they're the ones who were the, the initial, they're the, what do you call the found, the founders? Founders club? Yeah. Of tactic nutrition. They were the original 20,000. I know. Before we got huge. We're actually not that big and nothing's really changed. We're still the same people and the same company. And yeah, we're um, getting more unusual inquiries, but <laughs> yes, I think it's exciting, you know, not to talk about, I don't, it's, I don't put all of our value on followers, but it, it does make me excited to just continue to like 
grow and build a tribe and like you know long-term vision is like get our people a little more connected than they are now mm-hmm. um because that that community is so important to continuing to do health and fitness like it's one of the the seven major factors and um like health management weight management happiness is like a deep sense of community and i think that it is possible to build that online and that's like one of my long-term goals with with tactic is to to be thoughtful in the way that we do that and build something awesome so with that said if you're a (laughs) a network developer or have any idea yeah i think the way that uh i would like to wrap this up and have the final word here is to say but i want to have the final word well i'm taking it okay um is to say thank you like you people out there listening to this today like your support and your like buy-in is incredibly like just appreciated and valued yeah and i i think like without without like every client we've had like ex-client current client fault like follower listener like those people they they're the ones that are helping us grow and like help more people and so that's what i want to say is just like thanks like from the bottom of our hearts Thank you. Did you just tear up a little bit? A little bit. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again. We love you. And um, we will be back soon. Last word. <laughs>